Hello and welcome to another episode of the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name's Matt Southgoom and tonight I'm joined by our two rugby writers Andy Howell and Simon Thomas. Uh, chaps, we've just watched Wales beat Argentina 24-20 uh, at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. Um, not a perfect performance by any means, but they've got that monkey off their back now of a, of a six-game losing streak. Uh, so, how nice is that for them? You could tell the pressure was relieved in that post-match press conference with Rob Howley. They were, they were glad to get that win. I think you could see certainly in the first half, you know, the fact that they've had this losing run, a bad performance against Argent, uh, against Australia last week. There was a real anxiety to their play, almost a little bit of desperation and a frantic nature, forcing things, desperate to try and get things going again. But eventually, you know, largely through the, the forward effort and through a much improved def- defence, they got there. I mean, if you look at the areas where there were issues last week, as I say, the defence was improved, like up to 89% um, on the tackle completion. Um, and the turnovers, 14 turnovers, the tackle area, the contact area, I mean, such a problem last week that was much better on this occasion. Um, and as well, the set piece was was a real strength. The, the scrum had been good last week. It probably you know moved on another level, and fourteen out of fifteen lineouts won. So so those are the positives. Um, over to Andy for the negatives. <laughs> oh, no, I thought it was actually more bit more positive about performance than uh, Mr. Thomas. Uh, yeah, I thought Wales uh, attacked uh, fairly well at times, and uh, they got their tactics right. So I think we must give some credit to the coaches particularly Sean Edwards, who's been under a lot of fire where Wales haven't conceded the 32 tries in their last six games. The key tactic for me was the choke tackle because Australia, uh, Argentina, sorry, Argentina's uh, uh, game is based around offloading and Wales did to them what Ireland did to Australia in the 2011 World Cup. They employed the choke tackle and strangled the life out of them, held them up off the ground and therefore were awarded put-ins at the substitute uh, subsequent scrums which enable them to uh, uh, do something with the possession or kick long and clear their lines so I thought that was a bit of a, a tactical masterpiece and people complain about the uh, the contact area last week well the contact area wasn't a problem problem was the defence had so many holes in it and uh, Australia were just getting over the gain line and it's almost impossible then to compete on a, on the back foot uh, today that defence was shored up Scott Williams came in as a side and he also bring, he brings a lot in attack, but he also defended uh, well today. And Argentina struggled to make any headway, though it must be said they were some way below the levels of which they operate in the rugby championship. It was interesting in that point you raised there, because Sean Edwards, obviously, when he dissected and looked at the defence, put his hand up and said things had gone wrong. The key thing he kind of emphasised was because Wales were unable to slow down Australian ball, it meant that Wales didn't have those four-second rucks which they like in order to organise their defence and get the line speed. On this occasion, they were more, much more proactive and aggressive in defence, so they were knocking Argentinians back behind the gain line, denying them a quick ball. I think the Argentines afterwards were complaining that Wales slowed them down. Well, that's probably an achievement by Wales, isn't it? Yeah. Wales stopped them playing. And because of that, it enabled the defence to get organised in a line, good line speed up, pushing them back. And that's why I think... He will be much happier, Sean Edwards, with the overall defensive display. And uh, some reinforcements this week for Wales. Alan Jones back, Sam Walton back, Liam Williams back. I mean, last week we sat here, we were all a bit deflated. We, we weren't really sure what kind of impact the, those players coming in could make. Um, I would say they had a very good impact. Didn't they just? You know, I thought Warburton did really well at blindside flanker. Uh, Argentina, uh, Argentina, a physical uh, team. But, uh, you know, Warburton's not as big as Dan Lydiate, but I thought he did really well. 
first half there was a classic example that of uh, him combining with Justin Tipperich and Ross Moriarty for probably the first uh, choke tackle of the game uh, which set the way uh, forward uh, and of course Liam Williams he was uh, was his best player in New Zealand during the summer missed the game last week for an ankle knock and he was sizzling today I thought he was superb whether it was under the eyeball defending timing his runs using his footwork or his strength to beat people and he got a deserved try and Alan Wynne Jones what can you say about him he is an inspiration uh, his father uh, passed away recently so he was, una- he was unavailable last week it's his father's funeral on Monday yeah he trained all week played a day you could see his emotion doing the anthems what it meant to him and didn't he just produce I thought he was uh, a key leader instrumental doing the uh, with the choke tattles when loads of lineups, though it must be said Argentina did not compete on Welsh throws and he helped drive the uh, scrum forward. So uh, Alan Wynn in particular looked like uh, a man who was playing like, like Andy said with a lot of emotion. Um, he was everywhere on the field. Um, Rob Howley said afterwards that he's the kind of player who lifts other players yeah. and that's a special quality for a rugby player. Yeah, I think he demands standards of those around him. You know, he always is someone who plays with his heart and his sleeve that would have been even more the case on this occasion you can only imagine what it must have been like from this week preparing for the game but he, he really delivered and the aggression he had in the carrying and at the at the contact area knocking people back in the clear out it's just what we've been missing last week and uh, he will go down you know unquestionably I think as one of the great Welsh players of all time well, what Howley said actually leads to another question why isn't Alan Wynne-Jones Wales' captain on a permanent basis and we've got Sam Auburn as skipper for the Autumn Series. OK, he missed the game last week with, uh, with injury. Came back this week. And what does Howley do? Not make him skipper. Says he wants to, him to focus on his own performance. Well, I'm, I'm sure you focus on your performance, whether you're captain or not. Um, Alan Wynn, great leader, natural. And personally, I think he should have been Wales' captain the last uh, couple of years. And maybe Sam Warburton will benefit more from the load taken off him. But um, uh, Auli, I think, is also, by uh, keeping Sam as his uh, skipper, has actually tied his hands a bit because he's going to face a massive dilemma in a minute when Talapi Falatel is fit again. As I would imagine, Ross Moriarty will revert to to number six because he did well again today. Mm. Number eight, Falatel will be at number eight. So who will be at open side flanker? Sam Warburton? Or Justin Tipridge. Mm. If Sam's the captain, even though he might not be captain on the field, mm. do you have to play him because he's your leader for for the series? Yeah, I asked Rob Howley at the press conference about um, Tupi Falatel's fitness. He says he's making progress there in communication with Bath and coming along well, and hopefully with some news in the next week. So, come that last game against South Africa, it could be a big decision to make. It could be. I, I would, though, if I were Wales, I would. Uh, it seems like from what Howley said that uh, Falatel's not going to be available for the game against uh, Japan. Yeah, Don't forget, he's only had 12 minutes of competitive rugby this season. I wouldn't rush him back because South Africa are a rabble at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Wales will never get a better chance of beating them. And I think that uh, uh, going into it with fully fit uh, players would actually uh, help Wales' uh, course. So i give Falatel as much time as possible to make sure he is right because what you don't want is for that uh, injury to flare up again. What, what, what must Jamie Roberts be feeling tonight? Because he's he's not gone. Rob Howley only made two substitutions today. Mm. Scott Williams did well by all accounts. What must Jamie Roberts be thinking this evening? He's not going to get back in the side. Because, uh, no disrespect to the good doctor, he's been a fantastic servant for Wales and he may get chances again in the future. But Scott Williams had a, a super game. Uh, 
you could see his, uh, his handling skills uh, and his vision, which were both apparent in Lee Williams's, uh, Liam Williams's try because Scott looked up. You could see the possibilities. He threw a massive pass to Lee Halfpenny, who also saw what was on and threw a massive pass himself to enable uh, Liam Williams to uh, score in a corner. Uh, now, Scott uh, possesses uh, superior handling skills, and I thought Wales uh, utilised them quite well today. And uh, Jamie, he struggled in New Zealand defensively, which is really unusual for him because he's been oh, a yeah, solid I, defender I, over the years. Had a uh, last week as well. He, that's what he was going to come to, Matt, if you give me a chance. <laughs> uh, against the All Blacks, he was him and uh, Bigger and Jonathan Davis were missing one on tackles. They were all over the shop. And, uh, and, and, and Jamie continued that sort of trend against the... Uh, uh, wallabies. So I, th I think the only way he's going to get back at the at the moment is is if there's a fitness issue. Sorry, come to you on this one. Uh, Rob Howley spoke afterwards about Liam Williams. Uh, yes. Says he brings that X factor. Uh, mm. Had a good game today, didn't he? He does bring that X factor, and I think what I love about him is like every single individual contest that he goes into, he believes he can win. He's got that real determination. He's got a real belief in himself. And when you consider that this was a Welsh team that would have been short on confidence and short of self-belief, to have him coming back with that, as well as the likes of Alan Wynne, who you know, lives and breathes confidence and, and self-belief and assurance, it was a massive thing. And um, he got involved a lot, which is what we were hoping, because obviously there is always this concern of, is, is he perhaps underutilised and wasted to an extent on the wing? But he was heavily involved and actually dovetailed quite well with Halfpenny, I thought. And... Uh, he just summed him up. He'd been denied, didn't he? Just in the corner, um, with just a leg in touch on a good tackle, and then he had that opportunity. And he really had no right to score the try. No, he no. did. He, he he shook off one man. I think half shook off another, and he had two men around him, and he still managed to squirm his way to the line. That's the kind of determination and resolve that he brings, as well as no little skill and flair. Yeah, yeah. don't forget as well. Earlier in the match, he almost went through midfield. It was a de desperate ankle tap from. Yeah. Uh, from Hernandez, which uh, cut him down, he might have scored. Then he could have had an trick today. That that, uh, that try sums him up, though, doesn't it? You know, he's not the biggest, but he punches above his weight. He's got a massive heart, and uh, he's a strong know. guy. Minds he's deceptively strong in the yeah. hips, and he can pump people off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing, you know, people saying should he start at fullback? I don't agree with that. I think Halfpenny's our uh, our uh, uh, is our best option at fullback for a few reasons. One of which he's a better tactical kicker. Uh, he was solid against Australia, tattles well, and I think the wing, Liam being on a wing, he can be utilised more as a Shane Williams type player, showing up a first receiver, second receiver, which you can't really do from fullback. Uh, fullbacks, you know, you, you obviously get the chance to counter-attack, or you appear in a line further out. I think Liam has a roaming sort of licence, and he times his runs so well onto the pass, you put him in a gap, you'll go through it. Mm. What he also brings, of course, is um, his contribution in the aerial battle. Wales admitted that they came second best in that last week. And he is so good, you know, chasing as Dan Bigger is and as Halfpenny is. You've got three players there who are really good on the chase and in the air. And we actually got the better of that aerial battle. And that has become a big part of the Welsh game over the last 18 months. It gets us on the front foot and he really contributes on that front. Um, those are, we've, we've spoken about a lot of positives now. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm keeping on about this, but the one negative for me today came in, in the attack. Um, at the end of the first half, I was as deflated as I have been last week with Wales because there was that almost 10-minute period they spent in the 22 and didn't come away with any points. Um, it looked like we were only going to score from set pieces, from driving malls and things, or a scrum. 
Um, but th- there just seems to be a lack of creativity in that backline at the moment, and we're just going through the motions. And it reminded me of the World Cup against Australia, where we struggled to score when we're in that red zone or whatever you want to call it. And w- what do you make of the Wales attack at the moment? And it, am I being harsh? Are there changes or? What do you think of it? Well, I think you were harsh on today's uh, performance, uh, Matthew. Okay. But, um, <laughs> yes, that first half. Uh, John, uh, Wales did turn over the ball as well during that 10 minutes. And uh, Argentina Argentina had chances to escape, but they knocked on twice yeah, when they yeah. might well have gone the uh, uh, length of the field. I th- I th- why I think you've actually been harsh is because you've got to look at where Wales, Wales are coming from. They've only won uh, three of their last 13 matches and confidence is low. And you probably know yourself, Matt, having played... Uh, uh, played rugby when you're on a losing uh, streak it's hard to get things going isn't it yeah. and uh, you only need a couple of wins though to turn it round and I thought they attacked better in the uh, second half mm-hmm. and were a bit more uh, um, you know fluid and got the ball wider uh, there was an instance though when Gaz Davis got his try if the which you know turned out to be crucial if he hadn't actually scored uh, I think he would have had a t- uh, talk and do off the coaches because there was a day, you know there were unmarked men outside him he mm-hmm. chose to go himself uh, he shouldn't have really but he managed to sneak over for, yeah. for, for a try I think sometimes you know he needs to take the blinkers off So I don't think you're harsh in the first half I mm-hmm. thought if you look at that first 40 minutes you could see Wales were a side that was lacking confidence and lacking assurance and assurity in themselves yeah. didn't look comfortable in their own skin about what they were trying to do and really forced things and quite a few times that old classic line about they were going wide before they were earning the right to do so by going forward and they were flinging balls onto the floor there was a lack of accuracy a lack of crispness and they really didn't look to have a, a clear plan of what they were doing they almost felt like they had, they'd been talking about this expansive game for so long we've criticised them about it and they were trying to force it from the wrong areas and the wrong situations and then of course you had that last 10 minutes of the first half where that's a dominance in the Argentine 22 and um, we're unable to score and you know the tin art on it is when we're uh, deservedly got um, I think Herrera got yellow carded the tight yeah. end we're up against the seven man scrum and we get pushed back <laughs> it's the ultimate end to it but Having said that, in the second half, the attack was much improved. If you look at the tries in particular, it was a lovely uh, pass from Ken Owens, I think. It was took a big nice. hit as a result. Yeah, put um, Dan Bigger into a hole. Nice dummy for Dan. He went through, but play was continued. Support from Lee Halfpenny. Ball goes the other way, and it's a nice try. And then, of course, this, um, as Andy says, uh, yes, Gareth Davis, if he hadn't scored, he'd get some flack. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he did score. He, yeah. he, he sort of he, he went round two defenders and showed that predatory nature. But let's, of course, have a, a, a word for the man who created that try, uh, Wales's other outside half, Gethin Jenkins, with an outstanding <laughs> chip to the corner. As I asked him, when I spoke to him after the press conference afterwards, and he said, yes, he based his career on Martin Williams, always trying one of those a game, and that was his one. Do you know what? That took me back to Emma Lewis kicking <laughs> a ball through uh, for a guy in Evans that's going a famous win over England back in 1993. Were you born there, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> Just about. Yeah. Rob Howley said afterwards they went into the game with many uh, kicking, attacking strategies, but that was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just on that 10 minute period, do you think that yellow card should have come earlier? Yes, definitely. I, I actually thought uh, Angus Fraser, because I've seen a lot of him refereeing Super Gardner. 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 <laughs> Angus Fraser, cricketer. 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 Yeah, yeah, I think it's been, it's been a long night. <laughs> but uh, he, he is, uh, he's one of those refs who gives final, final, final warnings. And he did that day. I was quite impressed with him. I thought he had a yeah. good game largely. But I think that's one thing he needs to uh, to do in future 
is brandish that yellow card earlier because that'd been coming for a while. Yeah, of course, what and I understand why Wales went for that scrum against seven man opposition because they thought, but they brought a fresh prop on who was a much better scrummager than the bloke who got seven in the first place. And I couldn't understand then afterwards why they didn't keep that prop on for the rest of the game. <laughs> and can I ask you, Andrew, you gave me some flack in the week about my ratings ahead of the game when I had uh, Wales a couple of points up. Yeah, like we did. A couple of points up on Argentina and ultimately the result proved that my ratings were correct. But what was it a case, because you're a big admirer of the way Argentina played, was it a case today of Argentina underperforming or being made to underperform by the way Wales played? Yeah, you might have had those ratings, but you did tell me you expected Argentina to win, so you can't have it both ways. Uh, I'm going to give credit, uh, Wales played well, but I will say that uh, Argentina were way below their best. But why? Why? I don't know, they just look, they just look, they, they, they look like... Maybe they thought they only had to turn up to win, mm. or may- they didn't look that mo- uh, motivated, and they just had so many errors in the game. They were throwing wild passes, they were dropping a ball, they were knocking on. It, it, if they played like Ireland Rugby Championship, they would have lost by 70 points Wales uh, to New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, yeah. Wales got deserved credit though. Yeah. Back to the old choke tackle, yeah. putting pressure on them, stopped mm. them pre- uh, playing. Wales kept their structure in defence as well. They weren't people racing out to the defensive line as they were against. Um, uh, Australia mm-hmm. so in a sense they were almost patient in defence they were picking their men and uh, making the tattles although must, you know Argentina though didn't have as many decoy runners as Australia they weren't quite yeah. as cute in attack I was very disappointed with Argentina because I know they're, they're a lot better than that long long season for them long flights lots of flying back and forth New well, Zealand well, South Africa Australia I was talking to the uh, yeah I was talking to their lock uh, Guido Petty the other day and he's been away from home for 20 weeks of the year yeah. playing for the Jaguaris and Argentina, he's had nearly thirty long haul uh, flights, and he, uh, but, you know, and he said his emails account is looking uh, extra uh, special. But he said it has been a long campaign, though he was uh, he stressed that uh, tiredness wouldn't be a, a, an issue and wouldn't be used as an excuse by him. The irony is, now that they're back home playing in Argentina, they're doing more travelling than when they were based in France and Italy in places like this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. As I alluded to earlier, just the two subs mm. today. What, what do you make? Normally, you know, we see the bench emptied at about 50, 60 minutes, but it was noticeable that a lot of players had to put in a big shift. Yeah, it was interesting because, that, again, Howley was asked about that in the press conference, and he, he said it was a, a consequence of the fact that they established control and they probably wanted to keep players in the park who had brought that control. Um, but he did also say, I think you were there, Matt, and he said that there's quite a few 30 somethings in that team now. <laughs> and. Uh, they are going to, after a big shift like that, you know, the likes of Geth and Alan Wynn play a lot of rugby at Geth in this season. There's, there's, these boys are going to need a break now, and, and you can certainly see quite a few of those being rested for the Japan game. And, and it's very, very interesting now to see what, what team he does pick for that match. Yeah. Look, look, Matt, look, Matt, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't a fast game. No. It was an arm wrestle, yeah. so players could stay on there. And I'm also of the view there's coaches often make substitutions by the clock. I think they get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, that um, if a player is playing really well, keep him on the pitch. Why have you got to substitute someone after uh, 60 minutes? Yeah. You know, it's a lot of rubbish. It's a 23-man game. Yeah, it helps to have a really strong bench, but you don't take off people who are still turning it out on a, you know, on a pitch. And certainly, some teams, they take off you know, key men, tactical controllers, the halfbacks. Why? Yeah. You're right about the speed of the game. Um, which is largely because Wales have slowed it down. There was only 32 minutes, I think, ball in plate, and Wales have had games where there's been 44 minutes in the past. So that probably, as you rightly say, enabled players to stay the full 80. So you touched on it there, Rob Howley said uh, he's got a few 30-somethings in his squad, yeah. so they need to look after them. Um, 
Based on that, do you foresee any changes ahead of Japan? Well, Lowry himself said there would be changes. I mean, it, of course, people are keen to see whether Keelan Giles gets a run now. Mm. Maybe Sam Davis, Gareth Anscombe, one of those will probably start, you would imagine, at 10. Maybe Lloyd Williams gets a run at 9. So it could be quite a few changes. I mean, Corey Hill's been on the bench. James King's been on the bench. Maybe we might see those start. And I would imagine maybe Warburton would want another game, would need to get some, uh, yeah. get more legs and, uh, and more game time with him. Um, behind the scrum, um, what they're going to do, they'll probably want Liam to play again, maybe. Maybe Liam will play fullback. In the half penny of a rest. Yeah. There's lots of conundrums and permutations, aren't there? Yeah. But they mustn't underestimate Japan. Although they had a bad result against Argentina, they won away to Georgia and Tbilisi today, which is no mean feat. Yeah. And they'll play. They'll come and play. Um, so we have an occasions in the, the weakest or the easiest on paper game in the autumn have suffered sometimes. We've made a lot of changes and lost rhythm and continuity. Now we've got to win. We want to sort of build in it, but make changes yeah. and get it win again. I'm torn. <laughs> Tom, between what? Between keeping the same t- side and, a, and, and enabling them to build confidence <laughs> against Japan. It's a death stare for me. Enabling them to build confidence against uh, Japan by going to town on them. Yeah. Uh, because I think Wales are still short of confidence. They built some today. But why not go out there, put 60 points on Japan yeah. if they can? And that'll get them buzzing for the game against uh, South Africa. Mm. On the other hand, should they try Gareth Anscombe or Sam Davis as a starting outside half? If you talk, you Matt, you talk about more creativity and attack improving. Look, damn bigger, solid today, made a break and thought directed operations well. Uh, Long term, is he the, the answer at number 10? And uh, do they give someone like Keelan Giles uh, 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 a start? Uh, Liam Williams, I would definitely rest him last week, next week, because yeah. he's had an ankle injury and, you know, that might be a bit stiff after today's game and all. So I, I would keep him in cotton wool. He's one I would keep in cotton yeah. wool. You can see any Italian in your front row, for example, can't you? Nicky Smith will probably get a start, Scott Baldwin. Nicky Smith, he looks a really good prospect, mind. He's come on two weeks in a row now and he's done really well. Yeah. He's the future, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rob Evans, where is he now? I know he's been injured, yeah. but, uh, you know, last season we were talking about him as the next big thing at number one but he can tell you what he faces some real competition yeah yeah okay. Go on, sorry, you got some? no I was going to say Ken Owens as well I have to wait and see his injury situation because he did to, I think as Rob was, Howell, he? I think as Rob he was down in the first half and in the second half he took that bang Rob Howley said he had a dead shoulder if there's such a thing as a dead <laughs> shoulder but he looked in a lot of pain yeah he did Yeah. alright chaps uh, we'll leave it there thanks for joining us um as always, guys, you can catch all the reaction from Wales' win over Argentina and all the build-up to next week against Japan on Wales Online.